0: Hello and welcome into episode 21 of the Stomp the Bus podcast. I'm your host, Mark Harris, coming to you uh, during hate week, as we call it here in Arizona, when the Sun Devils play the team down south. I don't know why it's so funny when people call it the team down south, but uh, yeah, it's Territorial Cup this week uh, on a Friday. We got Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, recording this on a Wednesday, so happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Um, just a solo show today. Uh, and this episode going to be pretty short. Wanted to touch on uh, the Oregon State game. Oh my gosh, that was a snoozer. Holy cow. Um, the Oregon State game a little bit. Uh, obviously the Arizona game. And then what I think most ASU Fans have on their mind, uh, and the coaching search and the Kenny Dillingham rumors and all that. So, uh, thanks for listening in. Um, hopefully, by the time Colton and I come to you next week, we'll have some more clarity on the ASU coaching, um, situation, who's staying in terms of the portal. Uh, speaking a quick portal news, uh, saw day on Twitter that, uh, Sun Devil defensive lineman Omar Norman Lott. Uh, tweeted out something along the lines of it's been real Sun Devil Nation and Im- implying he's going to transfer and you know what Like nobody nobody should blame him and to the to the credit of our fan base but mo- almost all of the uh, replies basically all the replies were fairly positive thanking for him uh, what he did you know Norman Lotts a guy that has options he almost transferred last year um, he was a four star recruit a lot of people wanted him and he would be able to help out a team. I don't, I don't think that us losing him is like a huge deal. I think it's more of a bigger deal, like perceptually, than it is in terms of actually like winning games. But ultimately, uh, it's going to be a new season next year. is probably going to bring in a ton of transfers. So, wishing uh, Omar Norman Lot uh, the very best in his next endeavor. You know, and hey, maybe he likes the coach and he stays. Not counting on that. Um, but yeah, anyway, so uh, just wanted to touch on that. And boy, uh, that Oregon State game, that was, that was an absolute dud. And I hope Michael Crow was in the audience watching. And I hope he looked at the uh, balance sheet after it was an extremely lowly attended game and realized how much money they could have made if they had a better football product. Um, Oregon State's got the best defense in the conference, so it's a little more excusable that the Sun Devils struggled so badly on offense, but, boy, they really struggled, and especially in the second half. Um, you know, pretty much the only – Borgay did not have a good game. He didn't turn it over, I don't believe, or if he did. Nope, uh, no turnovers for Borgay, but just not that great of a game. Valde valet continues to be awesome i mean he's been a true I, 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 he's been a pro i mean he's i think he's second in the pac-12 in rushing yards he had 13 carries 109 yards against the beavers um really impressive game from him you know it's yeah i mean it was just a really rough game for asu no other way to put it uh real feel sorry for the seniors um that weren't able to have a good game, well, or weren't able to get the proper send out. Uh, just a just a really tough season, and again, it all falls back on Michael Crow and Ray Anderson because they could have gotten rid of Herm last year, and they didn't, and now we're in the situation that we are in. Um, I mean, Oregon State is a ranked team. Like the the result of what was supposed to happen happened. So in that sense, it's not the worst thing, but it's just. There was just no life in that stadium. Um, And I mean, you know, it was a noon kickoff. So, you know, I hear a lot of ASU fans complaining about night games. Well, if you don't go to night games or if you don't go to the noon games, then, you know, what I I don't want to get into too big of a thing about that because this season is just a just a complete cluster blank. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a really bad game honestly, I feel like we're lucky that we haven't seen more of those types of games. Uh, Cause even, even Wazoo last week was a little more competitive. Um, I mean, really even even the USC game, like the USC game, ASU was kind of in that game for kind of midway through the third quarter. Uh, same with Oklahoma state. This is the first like true blowout that they've had or Utah, Utah was similar, but that was also right after the uh, hiring. So I guess this is the second, just, absolute getting your doors blown off no hope um you at ucla usc oklahoma state those were kind of wazoo those were you had some you know competitiveness um i don't think the devils like quit as a team i like the cardinals against this, the 49ers a few days ago they they quit um especially if you watched that last george kittle touchdown i don't think asu quit i just just don't they're just not that good, you know? And so maybe they weren't at the number like peak motivation, but, um, you know, hopefully there's more spunk out of these guys uh, on Friday in the Territorial Cup. And, you know, we saw U of A, they painted the A. So you got to get back at them for that. Um, As an ASU fan, honestly, like I'm excited for the Territorial Cup, just because it's fun to watch. And it's a rivalry game, and the Territorial Cup, especially when these teams are relatively evenly matched, I mean, the games are just – it seems like they're always just bananas. Um, so <laughs> from that perspective, I'm interested. But from a what does this mean for the future perspective, I don't really know what the Territorial Cup – what kind of – what will what result in the ter- Territorial Cup really – really does in terms of the, uh, long and medium term of this program, because it's not like they're going to hire Sean Aguano full-time as the full-time head coach. If he beats you of a, I don't, that's not happening. Um, if you lose, well, guess what? We're expected to lose, you know, Arizona is four point favorite. So like, I think most ASU fans are kind of, Preparing for the reality that we could lose this game and end the streak. I mean, that's really the the biggest thing for me. I'm mean, beyond just wanting to beat U of A, just to continue that streak. I mean, it would be six six wins in a row. And if if you're an ASU fan and you've watched pretty much most of this season just be terrible, save for the uh, the win over U which was a bright spot, um, you want to see. Then beat U of A just because it's like, oh, you couldn't even beat us when we were bad, type of deal. Um, you know, maybe ASU will be bad again next year, who knows? Uh but beating beating this U of A team, because all the talk, when you talk about these programs uh kind of from a neutral perspective, the can the consensus is like ASU, they're in trouble, they're gonna get hit by sanctions, uh, dumpster fire of a program. Herm, Ray Anderson, Michael Crow, all this drama. And uh, most of that is accurate. Um sanctions is still TBD, but most of that is accurate. And then when you flip it over to U of A, it's like, oh, Jed Fish has these guys on the upper trajectory, they're improving. It's like um fun offense, and they're recruiting Southern California well. Um, where have you heard that before? And you know, just all this positive momentum. And then you look at the uh look at the standings, and they are four and seven, one game ahead of ASU, who is a bad team. <laughs> like I think that just me personally beating them when they are so-called on the on the come up, U of A. I mean, they're actually you know winning a few Pac-12 games this year. What a concept. Um they might finish five and seven. So they're totally on the upward trajectory. I think that that is what I want this win to be about because U of A fans have talked a lot of crap this offseason and they've been mostly right. Um, Let's be honest, like this team is bad. They're having a bad season. It's still unknown how uh, cemented in these issues are, right? You know? ASU is going to hire a new coach. So that's the thing. Like, this can turn it can turn around so quickly in college football if you get the right coach. And ASU will definitely have lose some talent on this current roster to the transfer portal. But I just, to me, that doesn't bother me that much. Like, I don't blame any of these kids for leaving. Um, And again, like I mentioned earlier, they can just mine the transfer portal for other guys. Which we did to some level of success this year. You know, uh, Valdez, Swinson, uh, I'd say Edmonds and Bethley on defense. The defense, the defensive backfield has not been quite as bad as uh, people thought coming into the season. It, it's been it's been flipped. Uh, the defensive line has been the real weak spot, and the secondary hasn't been a strong spot by any sense. But they've, I feel like they haven't really lost a ton of games because they've just been getting sliced and diced and maybe the one game they did was against uh usc and caleb williams caleb williams is like mini mahomes so whatever like (laughs) i'm not worried about that but anyway that's a whole nother topic uh my overall point is when it comes to the territorial cup is asu fans be prepared to lose like there hasn't really been any real thought of that honestly for the past Uh, probably like the past three years. Um, I mean, U of A has just been so bad, uh, in, at the end of the Sumlin era and that first year of Jed fish last year, like it just, there was nothing to really even be afraid of. I mean, I remember after, uh, ASU lost on the road at Oregon state last year, just a dreadful, dreadful game, a team that was just not, Fully engaged at all it was were awful penalties. It Was just a, hours of my time. I wish I could get back. Um, and then we beat the crap out of U of A, but like nobody cared because U of A was so bad. And it's like okay, like everyone knew they were going to win that game anyway. They didn't even have to play 100%. So this year, like U of A, they are favored to win only by four points. It's a pretty small line. They're favored to win. Um, their defense is worse than ours. And our defense is not good. So that should tell you something. Um, last week, Jaden, Jaden, Dolora, it's personal against Wazoo. And he threw four picks and U of a had like six points until garbage time. So maybe as you can look at some film from that um, it's going to be, it's going to be a high scoring game. I think winner of this game has to probably has to get to at least like 38 points. It's, it's gonna be, I would take the over in this game. I haven't I don't know what it is, but I would consider that. Um, yeah, it's just I think again, if you're an ASU fan, you got to look at keeping the streak alive and just being able to beat U of A while they're on the ascension, on the ascension to going five and seven. Um, this is a little tongue in cheek. I get it, it's not a two-year process. Like they T is an excellent wide receiver um you know their their offense is considerably better and act and like going into the season if you told u of a fans they would go five and seven that would be a success i get it okay i get it but i just do i do think it's pretty funny it's just like oh yeah we're we're on the ascent we're gonna finish four and eight or five and seven so we are really killing it um just does make me chuckle a little bit but again, U of A, U of A was an even worse spot than we are. So <laughs> that should tell you something, but hoping for a good game or, you know, a dominant ASU blowout victory. That'd be great. Uh, ASU needs to really lean on a run game in this one because U of A's defense is really not that good. And they, ASU should be able to do well in the lines of scrimmage. Um, and this would be a really interesting game for game for Borges He's had two not very good games in a row, albeit against probably the two best defenses in the league. So it has to be considered. But you know, he's from Marana. I could be pronouncing that wrong. Um, but he's from just outside of Tucson. He grew up a U of A fan. There's actually a picture I saw of him online. He's like 12 years old in the U of A section. Uh, looks very young. But um I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll be wanted to have a good game in this one, you know. So I really I think Borgay could make this game very interesting. Um and again, U of A's defense is not good. So gotta hope for some turnovers from Delora. He'll give you a few. Just depends if you catch the ball, if the fumble bounces the right way, whatever. So hoping for the best. Um, and here's one silver lining. If ASU does get blown off the field, maybe, maybe that spurs Michael Crow to fire Ray Anderson. Maybe, maybe that causes. The final hammer to drop and we can officially rip off the band-aid but I don't I don't know if U of A is even capable of blowing us out so that's that's one thing and unless we just don't show up which I I don't think that's going to happen I feel like Iguana will get them uh get them ready to play for this game and you know, I bet a lot of these players don't. A lot of these players on the team probably haven't even haven't lost to U of A in their college career, and so whether they're transferring, whether they're leaving to the NFL, whatever it may be, they're probably going to want to leave college without ever losing to U of A, um, even in a not great area era of sun deviled football history. So we'll see what happens. I know that's kind of my catchphrase on here, but uh, I think for me, the biggest thing about winning this game doesn't really mean anything in terms of the coaching search there's nothing really to play for other than the rivalry but winning the game beyond the rivalry aspect is just kind of puncturing the uh upward momentum of u of a even though it wouldn't even be that much of a puncture because if they win they would go five and seven so it's the difference between going four and eight and five and seven but uh just just to kind of have the crap talking uh, card of, Oh, you couldn't even beat us in our worst year in years. I think, I think that would feel, that would feel pretty good after a, uh, it would be a four and eight season for ASU. So a lot of weird stuff happens in the territorial cup. And personally, I'm hoping for a lot of weird stuff to happen, um, in that game because that'll just make it a lot more interesting, uh, in a battle of two very below average teams. So, uh, go devils and hopefully the streak moves on to six. All right. Uh, what you really came for the ASU coaching search rumor mill that I'm going to dissect, um, rumor mill slash report mill. Um, if you've been following on social media recently, Kenny Dillingham, Oregon offensive coordinator is the number one option for the fan base. Um, that's who everyone wants. Maybe, maybe not everyone, but that's, that's who seems to be getting, uh, the most love on social media. Um, there's obvious reasons for him to come uh that Colton and I've talked about he would take the ASU job when maybe coaches wouldn't take the ASU job right now so that's another uh aspect to this so anyway um it was reported by two four seven sports earlier this week is it two four seven or twenty four seven I don't I'm gonna call it two four seven um I think it's 247. seven either way 247 sports reported earlier this week that Kenny Dillingham uh was I want to get there phrasing right uh it was along it was something along the lines of he was kind of leading the charge uh in terms of the in terms of the uh what am i looking for um in terms of the coaching search he he was at the uh at the top of the list so You know, we'll see if that amounts to anything. But on Monday, both Sun Devil Source and Devil's Digest, the two biggest uh, blogs, blogs isn't the right word, uh, outlets covering ASU sports, uh, both released five names that they think that that are in that, that have been in running for the ASU job. So this is for I'm gonna go with Sun Devil Source first. Uh Kenny Dillingham, San Jose State coach Brent Brennan, former Texas and Houston head coach Tom Herman, former BYU and Virginia head coach Bronco Mendenhall. And this one I did not expect, but it it does make a little bit of sense. Uh, former UCLA and current UConn head coach, Jim Moore, Jr. He was also in the NFL in the two thousands. Actually, he coached with the, uh, Oh, this is before I started watching the NFL, but this, um, he was coach. He was, uh, coaching Vic in in Atlanta, um, in the mid two thousands range. I think he made it to the NFC championship game once with Michael Vic, um, with that. And I do remember him as the coach of the Seahawks for one year. Um, that was a very bad, he was the Nathaniel Hackett before Nathaniel Hackett. Cause he got fired after a year. So, um, but been, been a better college coach though. And I mean, he has UConn at six and five right now. So even though Jim Mora, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but he's in the running. He is, it is being credibly reported that he's in the running. So you, as ASU fans, you have to be open to that possibility. Um, And Devil's Digest reported three of the same names, Kenny Dillingham, Tom Herman, and Jim Mora. So based on those two reports, it seems like the three that are both in the running, according to those two, are Dillingham, Herman, and Mora. Um, First off, it's just fantastic that Dillingham is mentioned in both He's got other buzz. There's just been so much buzz and just so much logic on paper logic about why Dillingham is the best choice. Who knows if that will actually materialize Um, anyway. And there uh, there are three other names mentioned uh, by devil's digest ASU interim coach Sean Aguano. So he does have a chance. I would put it, probably like a 4% chance to wind up being the head coach, something like that. And I'd probably, probably have to beat U of A. Um, Alex Grinch, USC defensive coordinator. USC's defense is not very good right now, but this is also Grinch's first year on the job. He's been with Lincoln Rally at Oklahoma. He was at Wazoo under Mike Leach. And Grinch is not at all a hire I would really um, be super jazzed about. But he, I think the defense will at least be okay under him. He's a defensive mind, uh, maybe not the first year. But the thing about Grinch that intrigued me is clearly he understands the value of having a high powered offense because a lot of defensive coaches don't. So a lot of defensive coaches like to win games 17 14. And they always lean on their defense. And I'm sure many football fans who are listening know how annoying that can be. Uh, Because sometimes you shouldn't just lean on your defense just because you're a defensive guy. But anyway, um, the thing that intrigues me about him is he clearly understands the value of a modern offense. And that means with him, similar to Dan Lanning at Oregon you'll have the offensive coordinators come and go because maybe they'll get jobs or whatever. They'll get fired. Uh, but it'll continue to be like, okay, like we're going to bring in a spread guy or whatever, just guys who aren't going to run the pro style offense from 2004, you know? Uh, so that's interesting. And the last one mentioned by devil's digest was coastal Carolina head coach, Jamie Chadwell. I would love this. Um, I think there's a chance he might be the best coach available uh, for anyone right now. I don't think ASU will get him uh, for a few reasons. One, he's like a Southern guy, Georgia Tech's open. That just feels in the same way that Dillingham and ASU feel like such an obvious match uh Chadwell and Georgia Tech seem like such an obvious match um he is kind of a mix of an option and a spread I might not be describing that but there is option elements to the offense and when I watch those games it just feels like the quarterback just has so many options there you go uh to do you know pitch the ball throw the ball and it seems like they're just guys open all the time it's just a fun offense to watch and for ASU next year, when they're going to be having to you know drum up interest and get fans back in the building, having a fun offense will, you know, make it make it uh easier on the eyes to watch. If you're if you lose games 45 to 48 on a weekly basis, that's not fantastic, but it's also like, okay, like at least at least if you go to a game, you know it's gonna be interesting. So um Anyway, I like I like though most of those options. Um Jim Mora is an interesting, interesting choice because he was decent at UCLA. He was not terrible. And again, winning six games, going six and five at UConn, I mean, that is that is impressive. So I know that a lot of ASU fans would be upset. If we hire Jim Moore Jr., I kind of would be too. Just because you come off of Herm Edwards and just an old, I won't say old mentality, but just not super energetic, youthful, whatever, any adjective uh, you can throw out there. We all know that it just, especially by the end with Herm, it just felt so just, just dispassionate um and jim mora even though he's he's older he's uh, i think he's 61 not super old but I, i he has been in um been in the game more recently been in the game longer the college football game that that is and he's literally been in the game he's coaching right now at uconn and so it I think the ASU families really wouldn't want it, but it might not be the worst thing that could happen. Um, Tom Herman is very, very, very intriguing because his record is a lot better than people think it is. he. I think he lost like four games total at Houston and won a, a, a New Year's Six Bowl. So that's freaking awesome. And then at Texas... Okay. I think he went seven and six his first year. I, I'm I'm trying, I, I look at Wiki- his Wikipedia page the other day, just because when I saw that he was mentioned, he went seven and six his first year. He won 10 games, his second year. I think he finished 10 and three or something and then won the sugar bowl. Uh, that was the Sam Ellinger. We're back. Remember it? College football fans remember that game. And of course they weren't really back, but they still want a sugar bowl. Like if ASU, if ASU wins a, the equivalent of a new year's six bowl, which would probably be making the college football playoff in the 12 team field, 12 team field version. um, That'd be great. And then I think the other two years, I think he went like eight and five the next year. And then the 2020 year he went seven and three in a big 12 schedule but it it's just the Texas job is so weird. It seemed like the boosters were against him and and to Herman's own fault. I remember he like flipped off the camera. He he just there was there was some weird just uh leadership stuff, personal stuff, but the man can coach and he can probably recruit decently well and I don't think it would be the worst hire. I would again I want Dillingham. That's who I want. I'm like everyone else. I don't care they doesn't have head coaching experience. Um I mean, and this is what I'm talking about. 24/7 Sports reported uh sources Arizona State has had discussions with Oregon offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham about the head coaching job. So, just another report um that confirms that he is in the running. 100% there is a real life possibility that Kenny Dillingham uh, could be the next ASU head coach. I hope he is because I think that, that, that is the move that will get the most fan engagement right away. And that is important in the NIL era. It just is. Hype matters. Okay. Doesn't directly lead to wins, but it can indirectly lead to wins in terms of getting a recruit. You may not have gotten getting attention, you know, again, it doesn't lead to everything. ASU had some hype under her members at times, so it's, it's not, but I just, the fan base right now is very, um, uh, what's the word? Very not in a good place. I'd say, uh, and excuse me, Dillingham's that everyone wants. Everyone would get behind him. There wouldn't be bickering. Everyone would be all aboard the Dillingham train. And it's been also reported that he might keep a on staff, which would, that would be great because that is a career move up for a guano. Sure. He's not being the head coach anymore, but he started this year as the running backs coach. So if you move up from running backs coach to OC, that could help him land a job in the future, whatever it may be. So um, look, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm hoping by the time Colton and I come back to you midweek, Uh, next week that Kenny Dillingham has been named the ASU head coach. We'll see what happens. Um, And, you know, with our luck as ASU fans, it'll probably be someone that hasn't even been reported yet and uh, we'll just be scratching our heads. So thanks for tuning in to episode 21. Remember to like, and subscribe on YouTube and to leave a review and a five-star review. On uh, Apple or whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. So go devils. Let's hope they beat U of A. Let, let's hope next week uh the sun the streak is at six, and Kenny Dillingham is ASU's next has coach. Yeah. Next head football coach. Gotta end this on a correctly pronunciated note. All right. Uh thanks for listening and Go Devils.